This happened to me like twice in the same week, and it was the same organization selling something. I don't remember some multi-level marketing, but their strategy was they'd come up to you and they'd look at you kind of funny and go, I don't, don't I know you from somewhere? <laughs> and what they end up doing is you end up telling them where you go to church, where you went to school, who your friends are. Like you give them ah, so much information. Because they're like, try- where would we have run into yeah, each other? Yeah, because everybody wants to everybody wants to connect. Oh my goodness. So you give them all this information. And, That's and the idea, I think, is that one of those they'll know enough about to be like, oh, yeah, such and such, yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's worth. That's the end of the podcast. That's gold yeah, if you're trying to sell something. Yeah. <laughs> Do I know you from somewhere? Hey, and thanks again for listening to the Uplink Marketing Podcast. My name is Evan Chasteen, the founder of Uplink Marketing, and each week I sit down with Hudson Phillips, the founder of Script Blast, and we talk a little bit about marketing and screenwriting, oftentimes using metaphors to communicate our ideas. In this episode, we sit down and talk about being true to yourself using Aladdin metaphors. If you have questions about paid social advertising or podcasting, you can reach out to me, Evan, at uplinkmarketing.com. Hope you enjoy. Hudson Phillips in the house. Evan, how do you do? Good, man. I've got my very first birthing class coming up here in a very short amount of time, like in a few hours. Huh. Crazy. You're learning how to be born. I feel like there's a lot of different directions that could go. Like a Jesus joke, re- reborn. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's where I was thinking. Um, no, I'm I'm I don't really know what's gonna happen in the birthing class. I don't know if it's more for me or more for Grace or both of us, but yeah, you don't do quite as much work. I don't think. I I agree. Yeah. I accept that. Uh, but I also feel like I have a lot to learn about my role in that room. True. If that's what it looks like that can happen. I'm going to lower my desk a little bit. I'm standing on my tippy toes. It's good exercise, though. That's much tippy better. Tippy toe exercising. I am sitting down, but I am sitting up so that I don't fall asleep. It's a very rainy day this afternoon. It's very sleepy. There it's we a go sleepy with the day. weather again. Do we always talk about the weather? No, we just have a couple times. It's an easy go-to for me uh, because I think in sales, I worked retail my very first job, and... Before trying to sell anything, the goal was to find common ground with the person coming yeah. in. And yeah. so weather was always a good one. And if they were wearing anything related to a sports team, right. that was a good one. Commenting on uh, their clothing, watch, jewelry, things like that. Huh. Uh, they were all meant to kind of break down any barriers that somebody might have before you yeah the most effective one was this happened to me like twice in the same week and it was the same organization selling something i don't remember some multi-level marketing but their strategy was they'd come up to you and they'd look at you kind of funny and go i don't i don't i know you from somewhere (laughs) and what they end up doing is you end up telling them where you go to church where you went to school who your friends are like you give Ah, them so much information because they're like where would we have run into yeah because everybody (laughs) wants to everybody wants to connect so you give them all this information and that's and the idea i think is that one of those they'll know enough about to be like oh yeah such and such yeah totally yeah that's worth. That's effective. the end of the podcast. That's gold yeah, if you're trying to sell something. <laughs> yeah. Do I know you from somewhere? Actually, that is an interesting comment. Maybe we can table this one for another episode. And so, what is the, what's the online marketing version of don't I, don't I know you from somewhere? Oh, that is interesting. I would have to. I would like to put some thought into that. Yeah, actually, let's we'll we'll, and, we'll we'll pull that one up in the future. Okay, sounds good. So today, uh, 
following our format that we're trying to follow, that I'm trying to follow, uh, something I learned this week has to do with watching the movie Aladdin with Grace. Uh, we have Disney Plus with 250 million others in the first six months or whatever yeah, it is. Very successful. Uh, the new uh, live action Aladdin? Yes. Is the one you watch? Yeah, yeah. Will Smith is the genie. That's right. And I don't know any of the other actors. Uh, Brandon mentioned that you knew something about the uh, director or producer. The guy. director is uh, Guy Ritchie. Uh, he'd previously done um, the um, some very early on kind of British crime thrillers, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, and then um, he went on to do uh, the Sherlock Holmes films. And okay. so I've always really loved him as a, a kind of high-energy director, and then – Aladdin felt like a little bit of, um, as lots of these live action ones do, um, just too derivative of the source material. Like the director really couldn't add too much to it because it's Aladdin. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Totally. Uh, do directors have a stamp? Can you tell a guy, Richie, is that, am I saying his name right? Yeah, guy, guy Ritchie. Ritchie. There's some, uh, some people very much have a stamp and I think he does have one that was lost. I mean, I remember talking to some friends who were like, oh, there's that one kind of action-y scene that felt Guy Ritchie, but for the most part does not, in part okay. because I think it's a lot of CGI too. Um, yeah, there's kind of a, a auteur theory, you know, where it's like and the idea behind, behind an auteur is that there are a director that you can recognize their film by just watching a few minutes of it. So Wes Anderson's kind of the best example of that. That's you the know. one that I think of yeah. uh, before any others. Yeah, but you know, like Scorsese, like Spielberg, like you can Maybe generally like feel. Shyamalan. Yeah, that's He's a good one got too. A, another feel yeah. to it. Interesting. That's similar to a business trying to have a brand, a, a director having a stamp, Stale. if you will, even oh, if it's sure. unidentifiable. I don't know that I would identify M Night Shyamalan, but if I watched a movie. And it was his. I think I could identify it with all yeah, the twists. Yeah, you'd and have turns. a you'd have you'd have a good idea. Interesting. That has nothing to do with what I was uh, initially yeah. talking about. So the thing that I pulled out from from watching that movie that I thought would be fun to talk about is being true to yourself. Yeah. Well, actually, that fits in perfectly. I mean, a director oh, like being yeah. true to themselves <laughs> is would have a stamp. They would have something that they're projecting. Interesting. Consistently, yeah. Yeah. So this idea in the, in the Aladdin movie. This is probably in both versions of it the animation and the live action the genie is granting these wishes to aladdin that are very surface level and kind of even warning him as he's doing it because he likes aladdin uh like just because i make you a prince doesn't mean that you're going to be a prince inside Mm. and eventually this person that you are that i can't change i can only change your appearance is going to come out so uh, and of, of course, in the end, that plays out uh, very true. But I think it's applicable to uh, life and business, which are two areas that we try to touch on, or, or life and marketing, even more specifically. Yeah. Uh, but being true to yourself and being true to your business, being who you are. Yeah. Yeah. This is. Uh, yeah. You kind of mentioned the Aladdin thing and being true to yourself, and I think it's. Gosh, from a marketing perspective, I wonder if it's not like the most important thing, you know? I mean, um, I, I always come at it, well, I come at it from two directions. One is on the marketing side and the other one is on the writer side of speaking to screenwriters. And I'm a big believer that every every screenwriter has a voice and every screenwriter has a story to tell. And I, and, and I believe that every story is important to, to someone, right? So, um, and that... As writers, I think we often have the biggest jobs in the world because I really do believe that storytelling um, 
impacts our world maybe more than any other area. Uh, We've talked about this theory before. We won't go into it now, but I totally agree with you. Yeah. The, the ability to tell a story that captivates and draws people in and lasts for generous. Right, Stories are yeah. essentially the only timeless thing that we have to hold on to. Right. That, it, that get passed on. Oh, absolutely, and, and just the the level of like empathy it can cre- create, and the kind of shared belief system, the like, communication of belief systems, and storytelling just has so much power um, that we could spend a whole episode on it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but with writers, oftentimes, especially younger writers, what they do is they're like, "Oh, I really loved this Guy Ritchie movie. I'm going to create something like that," and so they go try to imitate it, and it's going to come off false because that's not who they are, right? They're not being true to themselves, and a lot of times it's hard to be true to yourself when you're 20 years old because you haven't defined who you are yet, right? Defining who you are really and understanding who you are really takes time. Uh, and it takes intentionality um, in order to figure that out, in order to tell those honest stories. It takes a little bit of life experience. Yeah, and he, I would say even making mistakes. Ooh, yeah, uh, that's a huge part somebody, of it. Somebody, I don't remember where this quote came from. It may have been you. <laughs> so tell me if I'm quoting you. Uh, but wisdom comes from excess. Mm, that's not me. So the idea being that experiencing what excess is creates huh. room for wisdom. But until you've experienced that, in some way, wisdom's harder to come by. Interesting. And maybe wisdom could be exchanged for a, a less spiritual word. Yeah. There is where ex- well, experience you, or or whatever. When you say excess, you just mean you don't mean in like the kind of glutton way. You just mean in you've experienced lots of things. Uh, no, I think it is meant to be like a gluttonous type. Okay, gotcha. uh, Quote. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's it would be worth thinking more about, uh, but experiencing excess or, or going past the line helps to know where the line is. Oh, you that's could, interesting. You know what I mean? You can approach the line all right. you want, but you never truly know where it's at until you cross it. So oh, yeah. Crossing so it's it, like... <clears throat> crossing it, you gain the wisdom of knowing where the line is. Like a college student drinking too much two nights in a row, they right. understand, oh, wait, the following night I'm going to drink slightly less because I know this is that's wisdom. my limit. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. I like that a lot. Uh, that was aside as well. Um, where were you at whenever I went off on that tangent? Um, we were just we were talking about experiences, how experiences lead to helping you to define who you are, which is oh, very yeah. much in line with what you're saying. Yeah. So at, someone being in my 20s, I always kind of get lost here talking about who I am because I still feel very much in this who am I part of my journey. Uh, so I don't, I, that's, it's an interesting concept to me to define who you are before. What, uh, what are you, what are we saying about defining who you are again? I always just get caught up there, I guess. Well, I really, well, what you're saying about, in your 20s, you're still figuring it out. Gosh, I hope I'm always still figuring it out. I think uh, the yeah. second that you kind of settle into something, I mean, knowing who you are is a very good thing. Being complacent with who you are, I think, can be a negative thing. Um, there's a fine line between complacency and con- content contentment. But, um, but I think you should constantly be growing and pushing yourself. Um, I saw this uh, illustration recently. Uh, this guy, Jack Butcher, who does the brand Visualize Value, who is I'm obsessed with right now because he takes these kind of big concepts and he 
we'll take like a quote and turn it into like a single like image, like just really great at uh, kind of minimal communication. Um, and I'm really pumped up with this stuff, but I saw him do this illustration, um, a mutual buddy of ours, Brandon turned us on to, to his YouTube page. Uh, and there are these little short videos of like three to six minutes and he'll take one concept and he'll kind of draw it on a whiteboard. <clears throat> In this particular one, he was talking about um, kind of what we project to the world and um, the amount of work it takes to get to projecting that thing. So the way that he visualized it, he drew like a tiny triangle on the screen, right? Okay. So think of the tip of an iceberg. Mm-hmm. And then below that tiny triangle is a giant triangle. Okay. Uh, everything under the water, right? So to me, instead of the iceberg, the the common image I think we have for this is the pyramid on our $1 bills. Yeah, yeah, Except yeah. Except the eyes, the, the eye. top piece, and the yeah. bottom piece. But they're they're separated. By right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's this so tiny that, triangle. The eye. And, that's a, that's and, a good illustration. Bottom half of the pyramid. <clears throat> so um, the idea is that uh, who we present to the world is is the eye, right? It's the very tip-top piece. Um, and if we want to change what we present to the world, we can paint that tip-top piece. We can um, you know, redesign the eye. We can make it look different. But um, eventually, much like Aladdin, our real self is going to shine through. The bulk of the iceberg is going to shine through. Um, and so it kind of talks about uh, like if you really want to make change, you have to start at the bottom, right? Yep. So you have to um, redo the foundation in order to build up something different on top to present what you want to be presenting. Yeah, yeah. So I like that. Uh, I like that it applies to both marketing and life. Also, I find it odd that marketing is known for just that tip of the pyramid. Right, yeah. That's what people perceive as marketing. And oftentimes, and and this is just my perception interacting with people and, and thinking about marketing as an industry as a whole, oftentimes people feel very lied to in that piece, yeah. uh, which oh, totally. would be an organization where the top piece doesn't match the bottom yeah. piece. Like they, they get down to the truth of who that organization is, right. which is oftentimes organizations are just groups of people yeah. or organized groups of people. So it's a group of people that's not being true to who they are, mm. projecting an image that makes them look much better or much more fit to serve or sell yeah. or and we all do that in every interaction and every you know in life but we as humans do that we present the best version of ourselves that may not be truth um but i think it's so important so there's two ways to look at this one is figuring out who i am and then the other one is figuring out who i want to be right so um to figure out who you are you kind of have to what's that made up of you've got your life experiences You've got your kind of value system. You've got uh, your passions, what excites you. What, what else are kind of defining elements of a person? That's a really difficult question. <laughs> it's a answer. heavy one. Yeah. Uh, goodness. Um, relationships. Yeah, I think it's a good one. I would say uh, people and things, your relationship to the world around you and your relationship to other humans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so looking at these things of all of these things to define you, and this is very much what we do in screenwriting too, because we talk a lot about characters, right? And yeah, yeah. Talking about characters, you learn a lot about yourself. So, um, you know, if I've got, uh, if characters are, de- we've we talked about this before, because we said characters are defined by choice, right? Characters are yep, defined by what right. they choose to do. So, um, 
if you look at your tip top triangle and you don't like what you see, um, first of all, the, the, the point is to define what that is, right? And so that's what you're presenting. And I think, uh, well, we'll apply it to brands here in a second, but you personally, if you don't like what you see in that top triangle, how do you change it? Well, first of all, it takes time. It takes make, making decisions differently. It takes coming up with um, new kinds of systems, um, changing your values, changing what you focus on. Maybe getting your beliefs to actually align with your actions, whether yeah. it's changing your beliefs or changing your actions. Changing your choices, your the path that you go down. Um, yeah. It's setting goals. It's achieving those goals that align with where you want to be. But it isn't a coat of paint. It is a deep seated. Um, I'm changing from the ground up. I'm setting a new foundation. A transformation. Right. And it's, a, and it's not overnight. Change, yeah. Right? I like yeah. that transformation. That's good. Yeah. So how do you apply that to, we kind of been talking about it a little bit personally. How do you apply that to an organization or to someone in marketing? I think, uh, gosh, I, I steal so much information. I don't have them. Because I'm reading so much. So, somebody I read talked about a business that has a mission statement and values that look pretty, but everybody in the company knows that they're not real. <laughs> yeah. So I think when that happens, that's a good example of a company or a business with the bottom 95% of that pyramid not looking the same as that top piece mm. the top piece is really pretty and people even in the company don't want the business to look bad right so they don't they're not very honest with themselves or the company about their situation so they, they can keep a job yeah. there's some weird dynamics in there that's probably bigger companies for smaller companies i think it does look like just defining some values and paying attention to your actions to see if they align with those values or not yeah some that's... sort of a, a check on a regular basis to see if your actions are aligning with your values. I think that's great. I think that um, the bigger the organization, the bigger the pyramid, right? So the, the harder it is going to be to change that, which I think is interesting. Yeah, totally. Um, I think in terms of marketing too, it's that same process of first defining who you are. Um, I think a lot of times, I mean, it's kind of, you know, you can't sell something you're not, so you need to define who you are to figure out who you are before you sell it. Um, and I even find myself in that place. Like I'll see communicators that I'm like, oh man, I wish I could communicate like that. But if mm -hmm. I attempt to communicate like that, it's going to come off completely false. And you know, everybody wants to be Tony Robbins, but there's only one Tony Robbins, right? Right. Um, so I have to, I have to define, all right, well, what is my communication style? Maybe it's um, more um, down to earth. Maybe it's one-on-one. -on -one. Maybe I'm not great in front of crowds. Maybe I have to own that. Um, There's another diagram that Visualize Value has that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. That it's kind of... It's very much tied to this. If I tried to say it, I would, I would probably not get it as right. Would you share that one too? Yeah, so this process came out of... Um, it's funny. This is so very tied to my week, which is random that you brought up uh, this idea. But I saw um, Brad Montague speak this week, who um, is like the kid president guy, and he does like a whole bunch, author, speaker, illustrator, does all these really cool, um, just his vibe is joy, right? He gets across this, everybody should be joyful and embracing the childlikeness. And he just got this amazing brand. And what I realized while seeing him speak and getting to meet him 
is that, oh, that's who this guy is. He's not selling anything that he's not doing every second of the day, right? Um, and so it, it really challenged me of like the brands and the platform that I'm launching of how do I do that? How do I define that thing? I was like, oh, I kind of want to be Brad Montague. And then I had to check myself and say, well, that's not who I am. I have to figure out who I am first. Uh, that same day, um, our friend Brandon was like, uh, he presented me this idea that's from the same guy, Visualized Value, uh, Jack Butcher, where he um, he starts out by drawing this circle and he says, um, I'm a designer, right? But I'm not, you know, even in the top 50,000 designers in the world, right? So I'm in this one circle as a designer. But when I tie in kind of like strategy and philosophy and he draws this Venn diagram where the strategy and philosophy crosses over with that design, he's like, oh, then my numbers go up. And when I take that and I make it, um, you know, this kind of minimalism, I can't remember all the ones that he gave. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the idea being there's several categories. That when they cross over, it starts to define you and you start being the, so for in, in my instance, I do graphic design and I do uh, marketing strategy and I do screenwriting. And so when you cross those three over, yeah. there's what, five, 10 people in the world that you know really do that. And so it, it, it's a great way to try to figure out who you are by um, stripping things away really, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, cause you wanna say, oh, well, I'm kind of for everybody. Um, but you really have to figure out what defines you. And I think you can do that in a, in a few different ways. I think on a personal level, you could do it as an occupation, you can do it as an organization, you can do it uh, with your audience. So like, what are the three um, circles with that, where my audience crosses over that I really want to focus in? Um, you can do it with your values. You can do it with kind of like voice, you know, like, oh, I want to be, you know, funny and I want to be direct and I want to be, I don't know, um, high and philosophical like those three things like you can kind of do it with different areas um yeah, and it just yeah. it, it gave me such clarity of um figuring out just how to hone in on on voice and defining your voice and who you are yeah i think that's a great tool for that bottom part of the pyramid they go together really well yeah uh, so the bottom part of the pyramid would be maybe going through this venn diagram exercise we'll put both of these videos from uh jack in the notes of the podcast here. So yeah. uh, go and watch those videos and, and use the Venn diagram to inform the bottom half of the pyramid. And he's going to have some other really great insights that we didn't talk about on here as well. Yeah. And say I'm much better than we do and much clearer. <laughs> uh, but the idea being for this, this episode is, is be true to yourself uh, personally. And if you're working in business, it, whether you own the business or not, being true to yourself is going to benefit the business as a whole. Uh, and those that you're working with and just probably allow you to sleep a little better at night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, I think it's important to remember step one is being true to yourself. Step two is deciding what you want yourself to be. Right. Cause we're always improving and we don't have to be stuck with who we are. Right. So like myself 20 years ago, it looks very different than how it is now. I'm not stuck to that definition of myself. I can, right. I can grow. Uh, yeah. Well, I imagine if Aladdin, twenty years after the fairy tale ending right, of the movie, yeah. found another genie lamp, he would approach everything very differently. Yeah. And it doesn't mean 
it, it, it does mean that it doesn't mean that he's not being true to himself still. So being true to yourself doesn't mean making the same decision over and over again because that's the decision you made the first time. It means learning from your decisions and being true based on what you've learned for the next decisions. That's awesome. Cool. I think that's it. Is that a wrap up? Yeah. Put a button so, on What it. are our takeaways here? Uh, be true to yourself. I think maybe is just the first one simply put. Yep. Uh, you can't sell something you're not, so you need to define who you are. Yeah, maybe that one would go better before, defining who you are and then be true to that definition. Be true to who you are. And yeah. then um, uh, realizing that – we'll have to figure out a good way to phrase this. Realizing that change comes over time, not uh, not just by deciding it, that it takes habits – and intentionality in order to make true change. Yeah. I think you said it well. Yeah. Intentionality, time, and action lead to change over time. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, Hudson. Evan, thanks for the conversation. Yeah, no problem. I had fun. Cheers. Woo. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Hudson and I. If you haven't yet, go check out Jack Butcher and Visualize Value and see what he's got going on. Uh, We've been really inspired by his videos lately and love the work he puts out. Uh, If you want to learn more about Script Blast, Hudson's business, you can do so at scriptblast.com. If you'd like to learn more about Uplink Marketing or get in contact with me, you can do so at uplinkmarketing.com. And uh, I will be back here with a new podcast with Hudson next week. Talk then.